Hello and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where normally we rate and rank movie trilogies. Today, we decided we're going to do a bit of a spoiler cast on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm your host, Griner, and joining me today... It's Dr. Luke Morgan, and this time it's going to take more than killing me to kill me. <laughs> and I'm the weird British off-brand of uh, what you know and love, and I can do this all day. Multiverse of Madness. Boys, we've all seen this recently. It's also this in the last couple of days. It's only just come out. 24 hours. Spoiler warning ahead. Yep. We're going to spoil this whole movie from head to tail. Um, yes. So don't listen to this if you haven't seen it or if you care about it, I suppose, I guess is the other way to look at it. Yes. General thoughts on Doctor Strange. How do you guys... Are you guys fans, not fans? Conan, we'll go to you first. I... Uh... As a, I have no connection to this character at all from any comic uh, history. I don't really care for this character either. I, I saw the original film. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is a good actor, and I like Scott Derrickson. And, you know, he played the very basic arrogant surgeon pretty well. But I've in both these films, I think what's something that I found lacking is this, I don't have any real reason to resonate or connect with Doctor Strange. I think from what I've gathered in the comics... A lot of Doctor Strange's character is what became Iron Man in the movies. Yeah. And so we sort of had that already. And so with this character, they definitely feel like they don't have a whole lot. They don't have a whole distinguished, distinct character to be like, this is him. He's this kind of, uh, he's your classic, he's smarter than everyone. Yeah, he's the world's greatest surgeon, the world's greatest sorcerer. He's just good at everything. Yeah. And his, his foils are so kind of generic. And as a result, none of he's just not very interesting to me. Yeah, in the in the MCU pantheon, we kind of, you know, we have Iron Man, we have Doctor Strange. Thor started off like that too, like this cocky guy who could pretty much do anything. Um, yep. Captain America, or more or less, he was one of the more different ones, I suppose. But even um, Star-Lord, he's that character too. Like it feels yep. like all these characters are just carbon clones. And I feel like Thor is the big one where they're like, we have to change this. Taika Waititi came in and really made him a, a fun character to follow along with. I don't feel like anyone's taken Doctor Strange in a direction that I get excited about, Luke. Um, so, like, I'm a I'm a cumber bitch. I'm a big Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> fan. Um, have been for years, yeah. and I was really excited for the first one. Like, knowing that he was going to be the protagonist, and you had Mads Mikkelsen as the villain. I love him as well, and I really just thought that film was unique, just in its style. Like, it went very trippy um, and everything. Mm. While before that, we hadn't really you know gotten into any of that sort of stuff. Um, so I really enjoyed the first film. Uh, this one. I was excited for and like I liked I like Doctor Strange. I like um he definitely does basically play Iron Man, you know, and even you know Iron Man dies and then the next Spider-Man we have Doctor Strange there as like this <laughs> mentor to give this speech yeah. to Peter. Um but it it is it was fun to see like, you know, Doctor Strange and Iron Man interact in uh Infinity War like and I just I like the trippiness of these movies and especially like this movie, like uh, Multiverse of Madness, man, they just let Sam Raimi go nuts. So, um, and, yeah, it was. I, I like Doctor Strange, and especially they did watching, what they did. yeah, especially watching the What If um, show recently on Marvel. Um, there's a whole episode basically dedicated to Doctor Strange, which I found really interesting, and goes into a lot of what is in this movie as well, um, in a certain reality, and it was interesting to see that side of him and how he can really just like that 
turn into not a good guy. And, you know, <laughs> basically his ego or his selfishness could cost that person's whole universe, basically. So, yeah, I like him. Mm. I'm, like, I'm okay with him being the, the father figure for the Avengers now that Iron Man's gone. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with him filling that role, but I still don't have any connection to him. as it? Like, I don't... Even Tony Stark I felt more connected to as a character. Like, you did get to see Tony Stark's vulnerable moments where I don't feel like... Even in this movie where he's whining about not, you know, not being happy, not, not getting the girl at the end of the day. It's like... I don't know. It just feels... I don't know. It doesn't it, feel earned. It, doesn't, it really doesn't. Hey, his whole pining for Christine's kind of strange. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon the pun. We're, <laughs> we're very much supposed to believe that this is yeah, the love of his life. And it's like, this is almost like meant to be a Tony Pepper dynamic. Yeah. It's like, we've seen her in one film and their chemistry wasn't great in the original. There's no uh, reason to... Sure. I, I didn't dislike her in the first film, but she wasn't... I don't remember her being a big part of the first film. Yeah, like, can you name any single thing she does in the first film? Uh, besides, <laughs> besides, is the love interest? She is his love interest. There you go. Um, <laughs> there's something in a janitor's closet with them. Uh, she does operations and stuff like that. Yes, that's, but, that's her role. I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe there's a part of me that relates to Doctor Strange just because, like, you know, I dabbled in magic and being a magician when I was younger. So maybe it's just that. Who knows? I don't know. He did have that, I, that I, stint as a world-renowned surgeon too. Yeah. But, uh, before you killed all those, before you killed oh. all those patients. Um, that's why you're hiding out in country town. Anyway, yeah. I think Feige definitely, he made it clear that he wants, um, they kind of intended Doctor Strange to become the new Iron Man. And you feel that role, right? The, the older Avenger, because the others are all dead. And you've got these up-and-coming young ones. You've got Tom Holland, who's making big waves. You've got, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Zoshidal Gomez. Zoshidal Gomez. Um, she plays America Chavez. I'm mm. not sure yeah, how to pronounce Anyway, so I'll butcher that a lot. But you've obviously got her who's, you know, they're hinting at making a young Avengers team with these second-generation characters. Mm. And I'm, yeah, I'm okay with the theory of having Benedict Cumberbatch as the new Iron Man. I just really don't... They don't have him as the anchor yet. They really don't have enough of a... I don't know. They just haven't fleshed him out enough. Or they don't, I don't think they have it well-rounded to really make him significant enough in my mind. Do you, do you feel like that improved in this film? Because for me, the pacing of this film is like... This, this, this film moves and there's not a lot of time in between to get those those character moments that you probably need to feel like he grows. Like, you get a few here and there, and I don't think they're poorly done overall. Um, and I liked him in this movie as a character. Like, I, the you know, him trying to not succumb to the dark side, I suppose. But it all, it all felt in the end like he kind of did get to go to the dark side and have his cake too, kind of. <laughs> like, he didn't... There was no real... You know, the whole crux is, oh, he shouldn't use that, the bad book. I can't even remember what it was called. And he gets the third eye, but it doesn't seem to worry him, right? Like, <laughs> he just well, closes not, yeah. it. <laughs> Especially not, a, yeah, the mid-credits scene. It's just like, yeah. oh, I've got a third eye, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's, there's, uh, the character's weird because this movie's got such a problematic sort of construction in past, right? It was meant to be done before WandaVision, then it was meant to be before Spider-Man, and now it's after. And it's like, what... Any evidence or any trace of what this character was meant to be has just become so butchered and sort of placed like after the fact mm. that I don't think you really can make much of a character because it's like, well, now this is what he's dealing with. And so, okay, that's, there's two other films that were supposed to be before this. So 
And yeah, in the movie, it doesn't bother me too much. It does make me question the future of the MCU, you know, where they're like, look, it's Doctor Strange, everybody. And I personally will not be invested in him whatsoever. See, um, just just a little tidbit that I found interesting. Obviously, he refers to Spider-Man in this, um, but obviously he doesn't know Peter Parker because that was the spell at the end. I had a moment yeah. where I was like, oh, he remembers the whole thing with Spider-Man. I was like, oh, well, he just knows Spider-Man as the mask, dude. He wouldn't know who's underneath the mask, I guess, in his memory after that spell. But, yeah, interesting. I didn't. I forgot that this was meant to come out before those other films and TV shows because it's been delayed quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, a lot of problems. And it's kind of funny just because it's been so long since the first Doctor Strange that, like, Doctor Strange 1 finishes with, like, ooh, the next bad is Mordo. And then it's like, nah, <laughs> we we got way more important shit now. Sorry, Mordo. <laughs> your, your vengeance killing spree on all the magicians is gone yeah. now because you're not that important. If that feels a bit small town for what we're up against now, doesn't it? Yep. I, yeah, I'm, it surprises me that this was supposed to come out before WandaVision because this movie feels like the ending WandaVision kind of needed. Like, yeah, I don't get that at all. Wanda, Wanda's turn in this movie comes so quickly it gave me whiplash. Yeah, I was like, yeah. you know, I need a little bit more foreplay before my good guy becomes a bad guy. But... I mean, the foreplay was WandaVision, right? Like that series yeah. kind of meandered and it didn't have a very satisfying ending. Like it didn't really explain where Wanda sits in the universe at the end of it. Um, and obviously this is the answer to that. Conan, um, sorry to interrupt, but Conan, you didn't watch WandaVision, did you? No, and I, I toyed with this a bit coming into it. I'm like, what do I need to watch? And I looked at some lists and the big three were Doctor Strange 1, WandaVision, and um, well, those would be two. Some of them had what if, some of them had like no way home. And so I was aware of sort of that. I, I didn't know WandaVision. I didn't know Wanda's turn. I didn't know how WandaVision ended. But I just I pieced it together pretty quickly when, like Greta said, that her turn happened so fast. I was like, ah, oh, okay, that must have been what happened then. So I was okay with this because I made that connection because I know what WandaVision is. But it did get me thinking like, man, I... <laughs> I hate the fact that this film ha- relies on that. I hate the fact that if they refer I came- to it as if it happened in Doctor Strange one, it's like yeah, exactly. If I came at this chrono- chron- like as like oh the sequel to Doctor Strange, cool, I would have zero clue what's happening. I would have no real awareness, and it's that age old question that I keep asking: like, well, is that okay for Marvel to do this and to do this weird thing where that obscure TV show from a year ago? had a bit that definitely connects into this other film. And, like, you know, watching Doctor Strange, there's so many reveals in this. There's so many little teasers and stuff that I'm like, this is going to be relevant five years down the track. And that's frustrating to me that I'm going to have to be like, cool, my roadmap is now getting laid and I've got these breadcrumbs that will eventually pay off when I'm in my mid-30s. Like, what? Like, <laughs> I don't know. That, that's like, really weird. Here's the thing, though. Like, to be fair, like, WandaVision was last year. Um like yeah. <laughs> it's it's post credit scene was the first trailer for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. And honestly, they're twenty three minute episodes. It takes you like three no, hours they, to watch all of those. The last the last few are like forty five. A forty. Yeah, the last two are like that. But still it takes you like three hours to watch them. It's not that much of a commitment. And no, I looked this up, it's like I don't, six I don't or seven think it's hours. worth it though. Like I I don't that series is okay, but it it really doesn't, know, it doesn't it doesn't go as far as it as it should. Like it always feels like it's holding back, and you've got those first like two or three episodes where, yeah, they're imitating TV that isn't on anymore because people don't enjoy that kind of TV anymore. And it like it's okay to imitate that a bit, 
but you've got to understand that people don't want to sit there and watch a 23-minute episode of a black-and-white sitcom from the 50s. Like, people don't watch that anymore for a reason. Yeah. And yet you're, yeah. you're making one and making it kind of faithfully and not, you know, there's a few winks at the camera, but overall it's it's very, uh, it feels very dated. Mm. Yeah. Can, yeah, this segues well. Can I ask you guys what your um, what your experience was seeing this? So you guys saw it today, right? Yep. Yes. Both together. I assume you shared some popcorn. No, no there's I a whole thing. Did, but we were there. I we did, were there I near did each other. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was like one meter away from him. There was banter, but like hiding, hiding behind a hood, like a oh, crap grind. I couldn't be seen with him in public. It's just, it's true. If, if people see the two of us there, they'll know that we're doing this podcast. It'll, and yeah, ask us so many questions. It's just, yeah, you'll get swamped. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. All right. So, and what I think I came in at the end of your conversation before the pod. What ha- it, it wasn't a good experience. There was there was bad people in the cinema, or or was it? What was the vibe? What was the energy like? It was fine. It wasn't like Avengers level or Spider Man No Way Home level or or not. Didn't that's the thing. This was probably the most lackluster Marvel audience I've been a part mm. of. Like usually, to be fair, I'm usually there opening night. Like I'm usually there the first screening in our town, which is usually the pack session. This was a early morning the next day, Saturday. Everyone's got hangovers in our town, probably. You know, like people are bringing their so kids into the cinema. Not that like, many people. There were there were babies cool. there, like less than a year old. Um, which they won't understand well. this. They won't understand. Behaved quite well, um, but it just seemed like like you know, there's certain moments. I mean, we're spoiling it. So just like you know, when certain characters show up for the first time ever, like Mister Fantastic. Um, like I felt like it was me and Griner reacting. Like we, we like, like gave we each other like, a look, oh, but that shit. was it. Or and when, then like when you hear the when you hear the X Men, you know, animated series nineties theme kick in for a second when Doctor Xavier comes on screen. Yeah, like yep. we're we're fist pumping, but no one else seems to but care. It was like there wasn't cheering. Like it wasn't yeah. like seeing Toby show up and all this sort of stuff, no. or just or other things. But yeah, it could just be the conditions of that. What was it like for you, Conan? Yeah, so mine was. I don't know. My, I'm kind of left a bit jaded by it. So I think I've been spoiled by No Way Home because that experience mm. was so fun where it was packed and everybody was loving it. And that weird six seconds where the camera just focuses on the fact that Andrew Garfield turns up, you didn't notice that because everyone's <laughs> going, yeah. But I'm like, I know when I rewatch that on Blu-ray, I'm going to be like, why is there six seconds of nothing? It's very... <laughs> so that cheering what... at home? Same? I do that. No, nah, nah, I'm a big nah. boy. Oh, okay. But... What but watching this one was weird. It was Friday night, so it wasn't the opening session, but it was still pretty full. Like we had to sit around the front four rows. And there was this group of high school girls in front of me who would not shut up. They were filming the titles uh. like they were filming the title sequence. They were just talking nonstop during it. Every time anything happened, they would squeal. And so they in those react in those moments, they reacted as you'd expect with high pitched glass shattering screeches. <laughs> Like and there was another there was another group to like the back corner that was also really into it, and then everyone else was quiet. And so yeah. it was very strange because like okay, like there's some people here who are just loving this stuff. They are frothing at the mouth, and the rest of us were just kind of like cool, cool. Yeah. And I think there were some people who were just like well, I don't I don't know what's happening right now. And it was just really weird because it it really more than the fan service of No Way Home, it really brought to the surface the fact that this is like this is like a religion. This is something that you have to know the the canon about. This is something that you, 
is at a stage where you can't turn up to church and you know you can't turn up to the movies and just walk up to the priest and be like give me the cracker it's like no 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 you need to do stuff you need to actually do your research you need to read your bible and if you don't understand what this is this isn't going to be for you and that's kind of how i felt in a lot of ways i'm like this i'm just i, I can't keep doing marvel because marvel's going deeper down its rabbit hole of like i was saying Look at these characters. Look at the fact that Reed Richards here and it's John Krasinski and there's a lot oh, of, met, you know, there's, there's been a lot of meta fan casting. And it's like, is this just, is this Feige intentionally saying, screw you guys, look at me, kill him? Yeah, or maybe. is this, or is this him saying, no, don't worry. Dude, I, holy like, shit. Or oh. is this me on Twitter every night going, that's what they want. That's what I've got to do. I'm going to go to work in my baseball cap tomorrow. And I'm going to make sure John Krasinski gets his check because <laughs> he's going to be Mr. Fantastic. Like, I don't know. And I don't care. And it's, I don't know. It's it's such a. It was a really weird experience watching it last night. I really do feel a bit strange from it. I I don't. It's it's weird to point out that scene and be annoyed about that part of it. Like this movie comes with a lot of baggage, particularly around Wanda and Strange's relationship, but particularly in Wanda and her turn from the other movies to where she is now. Like Mm. I understand, like if you come into this movie completely blind, you're going to be a bit lost about why she's suddenly the big bad but like giving us a few moments of fan service in the middle there that are entertaining outside of that i think like i was totally fine with the with the illuminati like i think the illuminati Illuminati was actually done well it's it's not quite fan service though right it's not the same as the spider-man reveals and the introduction was like this is this is so all those people who grew up on the raimi spider-man this is for those guys this is more of a if you have been on the internet and are, aware, and are so invested in Marvel, you're predicting fan casting and you've been talking about it and you can't wait to see what happens when Sony finally leases the rights of Fantastic Four back to Marvel because Marvel doesn't own it. Like, it's not quite the same as people who are like, we know John Krasinski from the previous films. We're excited. It's like, no, this is weird predictions. And, oh, look, here's a multiverse thing. You've got Patrick Stewart there, which is definitely that. But they also, in 10 minutes later, they kill them all off. And it's like, oh, man. I'm, it's like, I'm not really sh- this isn't quite this. I don't feel like it's the same as fan casting to me. It's more of this weird, like it is kind of setting the table for the next five years, which this film is pretty, I think is trying to do in a lot of ways. I don't think that's what, I don't think that's what the Illuminati scene was about. I think this was one of the first times in the MCU where we get superheroes that are disposable. And that's become mm. a bit of a, bit of a theme in superhero, the superhero genre. So like invincible has a scene very similar to this scene in like with the Illuminati, um, the boys is the boys is basically Illuminati. The series, like this, is the first time we have heroes we can kill off, and mm. they give us like heroes are more interesting when you know what their powers are, right? Heroes that you don't know their powers are boring. So the they big give problem us with this film they, as well. <laughs> well, so they give us Captain America, like the equivalent of Captain America. So we basically know her powers. They give us yep. the equivalent of Captain Marvel. We know her powers. We know Professor Xavier, and we know um, Reed Richards. Even if we don't know the fan casting stuff, we know his powers. The only one we don't know is um, what's his name, Black Black Bolt. Black Holy Bolt. shit, Black <laughs> Bolt, man, that is brutal. And they they give us that nice moment of him saying sorry and killing Doctor Strange with his voice. Mm. Like, that is cool. I think that's awesome. Like, killing someone by saying sorry to them, that's a really good way to introduce his powers. You know exactly why he's not speaking, and then you kill him off with that. You brutally kill all the rest of them. I, I really enjoyed that scene, and I think it worked really well. Yes, there is another mm. level above that, but I don't think you need that to enjoy that section. No, like, I'm not, yeah, you don't need it. I don't think it ever, no one, including myself, came away from it like that scene was awful. What was the point? 
I just think that exemplifies the weird state that Marvel is in and that this film is also reconciling where it's like, we've got to do, we've got so many things we need to accomplish before we actually make a film. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, this is even though it is kind of fun and I, I, you can tell everyone's having fun with that scene. I just, it really, to me, in my mind was like, this is, this is the strange moment where fans, super fans are going to love this because they can dissect it on Reddit but the standard fans won't care that much. Like, I think a lot of people would see this. They probably wouldn't even remember who Reed Richards is from... Who was it? Was Fantastic Four? Like, I don't think everybody seeing these movies are like, I remember every MCU film I've seen. I think these are just like the standard films people see on a Friday night now. Well, and so I think people would see that. And they, like, my wife didn't know because all he has is the four. They never really say his name. They're never like, oh, you're... He's your thing. And you barely see Reed him. Richards several times. Okay, but the, he's known as Mr. Fantastic in the Yeah, thing. I know. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I guess there and must ne- be and people never, who don't. You never see him stretch out and do these big example, these things like, oh, that's his power on display. So there is this weird knowledge you have to bring into it that a lot of people would come in and go, I don't remember him. I don't know him. What's his? What's the deal here? Yeah. Bro, I would say that's so much worse with Wanda and her turn. Yeah, I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll give you that. that so, um... One thing I want to touch on, and I had the thought, there is one line in this movie um, that I think could have been, they could have, you know, uh, spent a bit more time on. This whole idea that, like, obviously the last time we really see Wanda in an MCU movie is her killing Vision, like the love of her life, like and like smashing that stone out of his head. And the whole thing that, but then Thanos just reversed in front of her because Doctor Strange gave him the time stone. And, like, she says that comment, like, you gave Thanos the time stone. And to have this whole thing of, like, you are the reason that happened because it suited you and you thought this. So then I had to watch Thanos reverse, <laughs> bring my husband back to the dead and then pull that thing out of his head. I don't know if that could have, they could have, you know, explored that a bit more with her anger towards him, but I don't know. I liked the whole questioning of his decision. Like, did you make the right choice in, in giving the, up the time stone? Yeah. Um, but they don't they don't go far with it, right? Like you get Richard Sackler there at the start, yeah, um, complaining about his choice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird moment for St- Michael Stuhlberg to yeah, come in and have this cameo. I'm like, what is he doing? But a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like the Illuminati scene, I think that's what we should just talk about. Um, Do it. I was not expecting Reed Richards in this film. Like. At all, like not even in the slightest. I didn't no. see any speculation for it or anything. The whole thing, I was watching that scene. I'm like, like Xavier's going to pop up because they teased it in like one of the first trailers, yeah. and I was just like, that's what I'm waiting for. So then when he just casually popped up, I was just like, holy shit, it's actually happened because obviously that's been a fan casting for ages and ages. We don't know what's happening with the Fantastic Four movie. Obviously, they're finally coming to the MCU. It's still a ways off. Um. Mm. I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's kind of a funny way to just introduce him as his character in the MCU and to kill him off straight away. And we'll get our universe's version of him later. Maybe. I hope. Maybe. Surely it's not a different one because that's going to be the biggest, like, cocktail su- ever. It'd be such a baller move if he finds, like, <laughs> we're not not. Krasinski's never coming back. Screw it's, you all. It's Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> like, legitimately, I would love that it's move Reed where he's Richards. like, I- or he's like, I don't just listen to you guys and what you want. I do my thing. Well, I mean, oh, that might be what he's saying by just killing him off straight away, like yeah. by popping his and brain in front of us. You got him as Mister Fantastic. There you go. That's, it. Definitely that feels that. like yeah, they can they can watch now. They can just gauge how this reactions are, and like 
okay, there's 52% that do want him still, and there's 48% that want a different casting. We'll go with the 52%. Right. It's a it's in a nice spot for them to just get the get whatever they want from it. Yeah. I do I do just want to say as well, Kern, I feel like you keep saying strange to describe things and I <laughs> I don't, know if you, I don't know if you've done 50 puns so far or if it's just... It's, hey, I'm sorry, the, char- the character's name is a pun, all right? I don't know what you yeah, from, what, else, what more strange. could you want? It is strange, that name. So how did you... The raminess. Raimi, raminess of this film, like, opens with a wedding, you've got an octopus-type guy climbing up a skyscraper, you know... There's so yeah. many moments. It's just like this feels so much like Spider-Man one, two, and three. The little fisheye lens close-up of people getting hurt. Mm. The you know the crowd escaping the debris. Did like, you guys enjoy the raminess of this? I um I got giddy about it because like I'm not like a film expert. It's not like you know I review movies for a living or anything like that. But like it's sort of something where this film more than any other like I can watch it and just be like. This is that director. Like this is Spider Man. Like I felt like I was like, is this Spider Man four? Like is this like we're gonna get Tobey Maguire and finally have this thing? Because just so many things. Like the way he transitions from scene scene to scene. Um, like the way like you know, uh, Wong walks walks in like and just like the scene like fades as he walks into frame sort of thing and goes to the next shot. Just so many stuff where I was like, oh, that's a shot from Spider Man three, or that's a shot mm. from this movie, and it's just. I don't yeah. know. I, I really enjoyed that whole aspect of it. Um, the projectile flying slowly at the eyeball, like it's yeah. been done a bajillion times in his film. Yeah. Like, it's the very bizarre music battle. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. what I was... Oh, my God. And it just kept going, too. I was just yeah. like, oh, this is... Fantastic. I was, I, was, I, was, I was thinking to myself, is Doctor Strange particularly musical? I can't even remember. I think he played piano because his hands yeah, are so no. skilled. But yeah, still, it was just, I don't know. It felt like the dance scene from Spider-Man 3. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, of course, the, kick, the, the kicker is the zombie in the air and their hand bursting through. I'm like, this is yeah. This is where it all came from. Like that. I don't Did you guys feel at all like, did you feel like this film was 100% Raimi or did you feel like the... The fingerprints of Derrickson before it and all the earlier versions were there as well. It felt like Raimi to me. It felt very Raimi all over it. It did to me too. I guess I'm more familiar with his... Like, I don't know the other directors of this film. Mm. But even if I hadn't known Raimi worked on this, I'd be like, this feels so much like Spider-Man. Like, there's so many moments. And then there's a lot of horror in this movie that's actually pretty good like when yeah. scarlet oh. witch crawls out of the gong and she's all twisted yeah. like that that's stuff's, yeah. oh man that stuff's really really well done yeah, um, my wife did... was really taken back by it, it was pretty funny and like, she like scorches some dude and turns him into ash like when he when just, he stabs the book wrong. there's so many moments like that where it's just like this is like a horror horror mm. movie so many like it's they and like what you said about whiplash it really is like wanda this like character that like four movies ago is like oh i killed those people in that building accidentally like i'm a i'm a terrorist i feel horrible and like in this she's straight up like horror villain just like Mm. you know creature crawling out of the thing like snapping her bones um just slicing captain carter in half man (laughs) like oh exploding black bolt's head it was it's just so brutal and 
cracking Xavier's neck. It's just like, mm. what the hell? Yeah. Oh, man. I've got to say, that's the, se- the second time we've had a... We've been cucked by the shield, cutting someone, severing someone in, in two because <laughs> they, they don't show it again. You know, I need to see someone cut in half by that damn yeah, shield see, at some point. They did pretty good with it. Uh, it's better, it's better, it's better than shield. what we got in the, the Captain America series for sure. But yeah. yeah. But that, yeah. And that's kind of the problem. I feel like his, his hands are tied right to an extent because this is PG-13. There's like the scene yeah. where Wanda's really, you know, like rampaging after everyone and she's covered in... Blood, but it's oil from the uh, the Sentinels. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, yeah, there's there's nice little tricks there. It's like this is how we get through that rating. We do that. We don't show actual gore. We just show bits and pieces. Like Raimi was talking. I read this interview with Rolling Stone, and he's talking about how he's like, I, he had complete creative freedom, except in all the ways that Marvel was like, this is what you need to follow and do. So he's like, I've got freedom within these parameters. And that's kind of how I feel about this film. It it feels like two movies in a lot of ways. There's a lot of the stuff. Besides the octopus fight, a lot of the, the stuff at the beginning of the, the character setup and the the boring parts essentially feel really just like box ticky. Like this mm-hmm. is where this happens. Okay, this is the character moment. This is the answer to that question from Endgame. And then sort of the pretty much the second half, they're like just it's a chase now. Get chasing. And Raimi's just like, here's this set piece where everything's white except this one cave. And here's this cool red cloud building. And here's a music battle. And here's this sick visuals. Yeah, and all that all that stuff's great, hmm. but I feel like it's constantly hampered by the fact that he's still got to make this thing. Because then I compare it to like Thor Ragnarok, and I think that's still the king of films in terms of that feels a hundred percent like a Taika film. Hmm. Yeah, there's there's some action scenes in there that I was like, they need that, but everything else is just him being like, this is this is what I want from this. Whereas this feels this felt much more divided to me because like it was originally meant to go to Derrickson and they had stuff there. And then scripts were reworked and rehanded off to new people. After Loki, uh, that guy, what's his name? Michael Waldron got it. So he was given the script and he sort of did a new one from there. And so to me, it felt like there was, they're like, this is this, and like they, he was writing it while they were still filming. Sam Raimi was directing. He's like, he didn't know how it was ending. And like, that's never a good sign for a film, I think. No. Yeah. You, yeah. I was going to say, you're right about the, the checking the boxes. Like, I feel like America Chavez as a character feels like a ticked box in this film. Like we just, we get all the scenes we need with her, but we never really get any connection with her. Her, the ending is so bad. It's like, you just need to believe in yourself. It's, it's, it's so weak. It's really, really weak. Yeah. It's the weakest part of the film. I think the, the climax in general, the the whole ending is pretty bad. Wanda learns the mistakes yeah like Like, no you go you go no like just i don't know they it's kind of like a thing though where they've really shown that like wanda is probably the strongest like marvel character there is like she could mess everyone up Mm. um so there's not really a way to go to take her out other than herself or whatever which she there's no way that's the end like no way, you know. It's she's. Oh, I think that's totally the end of her. Really? You really think they bring her back now? Yeah. Oh, surely. She crushes herself under the tower, and you see the red explosion. I think that's the end of her for sure. I thought the red explosion was like a hint that like she didn't just take it. It's like there's some some energy flowing in there, man. No, like surely. It, it feels anticlimactic because I don't think it's handled like it's just all of a sudden. All right, yep, I'm I'm wrong. I'm going to kill myself now. 
There's not going to be any fan. There's not going to be any fanfare about exactly this. Right. I mean, she does do some horrible shit. So exactly maybe. though, like, how do you bring this character back? And, and we get that we get person. that scene where Xavier goes into her mind and sees that you know the the real. Um, What's her, her her human name? Wanda Maximoff. Wanda Maximoff. The Wanda Maximoff is, you know, in the bunker hiding because she's scared of the Scarlet Witch that's taken over her body. But, like, that never goes anywhere. We don't get any payoff from that. No. I don't even... Yeah. Like, it never even feels like at the end, like, she's back in control. It still feels like the Scarlet Witch. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's... I was waiting the whole time for, like, this to turn where she goes in and lives in a life and, like, another... Wanda just kills her because she's like, I've I've been you, but I came back. And there's like this interesting take there because that's kind of what they're toying out with Doctor Strange, right, the whole time. He's mm. he's like, you could go evil at any moment. And he keeps they keep playing in that like, you are going to turn eventually. That's what you always do. And they, he fights Sinister Strange. So I was really I was really hoping for that same sort of mirrored narrative with Wanda. She goes in, takes over, or she's like, I can just kill the, the Wanda in this universe. And it's like, no, I'm the I'm another evil Wanda. Like there's Scarlet, which is everywhere as well, and she just kills her. Like that would have been such a Raimi twist on it. But mm. yeah, Mega Scarlet Witch, and yeah, like that would have been dope. But that's the, that's what I mean by I feel like because Sam Raimi's not a writer. Yeah, like he's he's a director more than anything. And Taika Waititi's a writer. Ryan Coogler wrote and directed um, Black, Black Panther. Panther. So these are sort of like single visions in that sense. Mm. And I think this film suffers by not having one vision where. Like, you look at Spider-Man, and Raimi really found why, like, what's good about that character. He found out why people love Peter. He connected with him. He's like, he presents the humanity of Peter constantly. And he's like, I really believe in this. I want to sort of make this a story that feels real and resonant. And I don't feel like he taps into any of that in this movie. I don't think he taps into Stranger's humanity. I think the all the stuff at the end is really just like, I've got to wrap this up somehow. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish he would have done some drafts on this. I wish they could have... I wish he would have tried to write it. But he came on, like, last minute when the film yeah. was already being made, essentially. So it was never going to happen. And I'm like, because all the na- like all the plotting, the narrative, the scripting is all the weak stuff. The, du- the directorialness is great. Yeah. And it, it just... It's constantly a collision, which is kind of fitting for this movie where it is just realities clashing. There's something really nice and interesting about the fact that sometimes I feel like I'm watching a film that like was handed off to a, an AD team in Prague for three weeks. And they're like, yeah, we made 20 minutes of this because we had to on a time schedule. Yeah. And on the other hand, I'm like, oh, I just wish it was all one big cohesive thing as well. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I um, This thing, I feel like overall it felt like it was fun. Like, I had a lot of fun watching it, and it was like, oh, that hmm. was good. Um, it did feel, obviously, after the, a lot of the, like, last MCU movies, it felt very formulaic of, like, this is the arc. Um, it's the shortest MCU movie in a long time. It's only two hours. Um, neat, pretty much. <laughs> only. Oh, well, but, I mean. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I was expecting I it to be longer, yeah. Um, and it flies by, really, like what Gron was talking about earlier about the pace. Um. But yeah, it feels very much like okay, now let's wrap this movie up in a bow, and then there's the next movie, and this doesn't really have consequences moving forward. Yeah, let, let's um, let's put America in a training program where we can just leave her forever. Like she can be a nameless yeah, soldier. She can be a nameless soldier there, there forever if we needed to be. If she really hits with the fans, she can have her own series. You know, yeah. like we've got options there. She, like there's not much of consequence except for Wanda being killed off. But I feel like. 
she's become an irredeemable character between WandaVision and this. Like, how do you bring that character back as a good guy? And if they do that, that'd probably be amazing if it works. But I really feel like this is just let's just no. we've got to kill we've got to kill her off. I feel like you know actors get tired of doing Marvel films after a while. I don't know they get yeah. tired of money. I'm not sure, but Elizabeth <laughs> Olsen, I suspect maybe has you know reached her her end of being in Marvel too. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't I, read that, but yeah, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, you, you would. You, it's like with all of them when you're doing the same stuff for ten years, like working on TV shows, people get over it really quickly. Yeah, and I think Elizabeth Olsen does. Like, I think she wants to be a a quote unquote real actress, and I don't mean that to be as wanky as it sounds. But like, you know, she made she made Wind River, like which in is between. A fantastic movie, by the way. Yeah, which we talked about <laughs> in the previous it. episode. Yeah. Like she made that in between these in between Avengers films. So she was off doing stuff. She wasn't like um Robert Downey, who's just like, I can make bank on this and that's cool. So mm. I think she would want to go out and have a bit more of a diverse career. But um like kudos to them for killing her off and making her evil. Like I think that's a good choice to be like, here's a character who was loved and they don't get a happy ending. They are a villain. That's really that's a good way to proceed. Um like, how did you guys feel about the sort of the low stakesness of this? Like, does the multiverse strike as a, a problem to you guys? This is my other thought. Like, you get the fun part where, you know, here's some disposable heroes. We can just kill them off. But then with the multiverse, it always feels like we can always... different... Exactly. Points. Like, there's always more. We can always create a universe that has the exact conditions we need for this story to work. And yeah. that is, like, it's a huge problem. It's... You, you need constraints on things for things to be interesting. It's like this is the reason Superman movies suck because he can do literally everything and he's invincible. He's boring yeah. as. And that's what happens when he, I feel like the multiverse can lead to. Hopefully they handle it right. I think this movie is borderline. You know, I mean, do yeah. we? I don't, I don't feel like we tap into the multiverse much more after this for a while at least. Like, you reckon? What do you reckon? What, where do they well, go? I mean, like that's the thing. Like, what what do we have next? We have Thor. That's not going to do it. Um, no. Guardians of the Galaxy. That's not going to do anything involved with that. Um, like, I don't know. I, there's, I don't think there's much on the horizon that does go into that. They're doing other things like um, She Hulk, Secret um, Invasion. I'd, like none of these strike me as multiverse. So maybe right? it is just reserved. I don't even think if they do another Doctor Strange, it'll be exploring the multiverse unless it is with America again. But, um, like, I don't know. I just, just going back to the Illuminati for a second, like, it's still crazy to me. That I feel like it's kind of like, you know, how long people have been waiting for Xavier, like, or X-Men to show up in this, in the MCU. Um, and for this to be his first appearance and get killed up, I know it's exposed one, it's a different multiverse, but this is, we're finally seeing this character in the MCU, finally seeing Fantastic Four Reed Richards in this MCU. Do you think there's a part of it that feels like even how great it is and funny it is to have them be disposable, it takes the impact away from that? Like, I feel like Xavier showing up has always been this thing like that's like, you know, this end game level thing that people would cheer about in the theaters, like finally X-Men are coming in, or is that something that when we get Wolverine, because now if Xavier shows up again, which I don't even know if he will, but if he no, does he, show up, it does it, it has no impact now. Does he's it? too, he's too old. He can't, he's not going to be Patrick Stewart's not going to be making. It's like, not going to be Patrick Stewart. It's going to be a different, it's got to be a different actor, but do they, do they get um, James McAvoy? Mm. 
Good question. But that's Does the thing. Like, that reveal is entirely banked on the fact that it's Patrick Stewart. And so if they come mm. in and go, we've got a professor, we've got Xavier from you know, Earth 3 1 and 1, and it's just, I don't know, it's Dennis Franz. No, one, <laughs> no, no one's going to get Yes! It. Our fans will. Except the three of us. No one's going to care. Everyone's going to be like, oh, cool, it's Xavier, but it's a new actor. And this is where the fan service gets really problematic to me. Yeah. It needs to be these people. And you need yeah. to create a character and make people fall in love with them. And then once that person's dead, it's like, well, my, not my Xavier. Like, Xavier's dead. And Xavier yeah. is is Patrick Stewart. So what what's the point of introducing him when they're like, we're not going to have Patrick Stewart because he will die soon. Like, it's I don't, sad, but you're right. Yeah, I don't think he wants to make these films. Like, in his Twilight, I don't think he wants to be un, like involved in this that much. Yeah, I do feel like Marvel's in the last few movies has really burned through their burned through their crazy like well they're crazy ideas, but also through all their um, nostalgia, right? Like, what do they have? What do they have left after this? They've done all the old Spider Man movies. This is essentially X Men. Like, you're never going to get Hugh Jackman back, so they're going to have to no. make something. Well, who well, knows? Disney Wolverine has a lot of money, will be but the big thing like they'll, they'll, they'll bring in Wolverine. Hugh yes. Jackman won't. Hugh Jackman won't. And it's Hugh different- Jackman wants to. Like, no, he said. No, he said. He said with Logan, he's like, I, I want to be done with the character. I'm out. Nah, Google it. Hugh Jackman has said he. <laughs> he's gone back. Well, Hugh Jackman said he really wants. He really wanted to interact with like Iron Man and stuff like that. And he said like Logan oh, was this good thing. No, but oh, no, this was a couple of years ago. But he said like, if he got the call, he would be up for it, and he wanted to. I don't uh, think they do Hugh Jackman, even though that would feel massive. I feel like what would feel massive about it has passed. Like seeing him interact yeah. with. Captain America, Iron Man, Thor. Yeah. That's the things. Seeing him interact with the new Spider-Man or Doctor Strange or, you know, Hawkeye, it doesn't have the same impact. So I feel like <laughs> with Wolverine, it's got to be a new person. Oh, poor poor Hawkeye. Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkeye's great. Um, do you feel like there's a lot of the fan casting recently has been Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine. How do you feel about that? What? Yeah. No. Okay. Like that seems like the big... Like if you were a betting person, it'd be, it'd be Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine, apparently. Like I don't mind Daniel Radcliffe, but he's not Wolverine. It's all the Goodness. rad bitches. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do feel like Marvel has a bit of a problem where they haven't... Because It's probably partly due to the pandemic and the lack of films over the last few years, but they haven't been able to build up a new team, right? Like we're still, we're still Doctor Strange and we're still... Um, Spider-Man. And what else have we got? Who else do we have that's still in that roster that we care about? I mean, there's, I guess there's Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy, but I don't know. Do you guys feel like Thor's coming to coming to an end soon? He's, Thor's got to be. He's... I, f- I feel like Chris Hemsworth has talked about, although he was, he's been excited since Taika Waititi's been doing it, so maybe not. But So that's the thing. I feel like Thor has gotten a refresh, and I, I'm, I'd be keen for a Taika Waititi trilogy for that. Same. Guardians of the Galaxy's confirmed this is the last one. Um, James Gunn's like, this is the last one we're doing of these characters. Um, and that's that involvement, which I'm fine with as well. Like, I think yeah. the mm. arc has done its thing. Um, so just having a look. So we've got Thor coming out this year. Black Panther next year. Uh, obviously not with Chadwick Boseman. Um, mm. We're still not no, sure he's... what they're planning to do with that. Um, Aren't they handing it off to his sister? Or 
No, she's getting her own series. There's this Iron Heart series, which is oh okay, yeah, it's going to be about um, her. Yeah, how I don't care. How are they going to do that anyway? It's, man, they should something with multiverse and getting um uh Michael B. Jordan to come in as Black Panther. That's what we want. A lot of, a lot of people that's are saying what, that he should be back. Your uncle was Panther. awesome. He was. Yeah, he was. But I'm, that's such a kick in the face. Um. I mean, talk about abusing the multiverse. That would be another example yes. of it, right? Like, yeah, that would be egregious. Wow. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. So I guess Ant- I don't know. What is Ant-Man? He never... F- yeah. I, like, I, I don't hate the Ant-Man movies. I think number two is pretty okay. And I think Paul Rudd's pretty funny, but... Ant-Man he, in the other movies is, like, best Ant-Man, I feel like. Yeah. Like, even yeah. Civil War is awesome. He's but, better as a side character, not yeah. as a protagonist. Um, Fantastic Four movie, uh, which obviously has lost its uh, John yeah, Watts recently as the director. Mm. We got Blade with Mahershala Ali um, yeah. coming, and that's all for movies announced. And then there's a bunch of TV shows, obviously. Um, like I think, yeah. I think we like that's this is the problem. Like there's the, there's this ghost hanging around that is the old Avengers. And they have to build it. And I think that's what they're doing with this. Like, so America, America Chavez, her roles are in things like Young Avengers, right? And I think what they're kind of, it looks like what they're doing with her and with Tom Holland, they are building a youthful sort of the next generation mm. of these heroes because they did it once. So they're going to try to do it again. And because that's, that's how Marvel seems to work. You build to these big events. Like, I think the well, past couple of years have shown you can't just keep doing standalone stuff because it's not really. No, point. and like obviously now they've got all the TV shows spinning off, but all of those TV shows seem to point you to like the replacements. Like Hawkeye was very much Hawkeye training. Yeah, um, that's Sarah. That's the other one. Yeah, you know Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, and her to take over that role. Um, you've got She Hulk, which will obviously take over the role of the Hulk in that yeah. outfit. Um, you got Blade. Like everyone will fit in and replace those characters. But I don't know. Like, I think obviously we've probably seen the peak of the MCU because I don't think this next phase, it won't be Infinity War level or anything like that. It's going to be all around the multiverse because that's what Loki hinted at um, with its ending. That's what I mean by I think every movie is going to be to do with the multiverse because that's this is kind of the thing that they, they, they've written themselves in a corner almost yeah. where they have to try to make these big things, but there's... At least for me, I'm always going to be like, but none of this matters because if you just kill them off, you bring them back from World 2 and then from World 3. So they're going to have to keep being like, no, but these are the new huge team that's multiverse involved and here's why they can't come back and they're distinct now. And this mm. is, like, I think the multiverse is going to affect everything so much more because it's always going to be, it's a doorway for cameos and you can always just have any cameo from anyone now. But like, yeah. hey, multiverse crossover, that's cool. And it's got to be a weird thing for the narrative where they need to, make Avengers, but they can't have the Avengers, so they need to make New World Avengers, and it's such a strange place. Do we get another Avengers movie ever again? As in, like, not obviously not for the rest of time till the Earth blows up, but, like, (laughs) just, like, obviously, I don't think there'll be a new Avengers or anything like that. You don't reckon they'll do Young Avengers? Maybe, but it's a ways off. Like, I think their main flagship moving forward will be another Spider-Man trilogy. Now that basically we've had Peter's origin story, we've had him, had him have the great responsibility speech, and now he's in New York in a dodgy apartment. We can 
get weird with that trilogy and have him with bring back Raimi. You know, man, do it. What, do what, it a, what an arc! Bring it back in <laughs> the new Spider-Man three. He goes emo again. It's like, oh no, he hasn't <laughs> learned. He's dancing again. Time What's is a flat on? circle. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if we get it. I don't know. It's so hard. I, I really don't know how they balance the multiverse. You're right, Conan. And, I mean, they've been doing it in comics forever, but comics work so well to just do one-off things mm, and yeah, stuff like that. I don't know how they do that in in movies. And I guess, I guess we'll see. But, yeah, I think we get Young Avengers. I think they have to have their team-up movie of some sort. I think that's... Yeah. I don't think it works to continue having these separate films because it feels weird whenever there's this universe ending issue and one guy shows up like it doesn't make any sense yeah. right like yeah spider-man should be and, helping why what the hell yeah they often and it's also like we've because we sort of we've been trained i think to to understand that this is what the interconnectedness of marvel does it's because the little cameos are actually more than that it's actually getting the team together and Captain America showing up in an Iron Man film isn't just for fun. It's because they're building a team. And so eventually you get to that movie where all of them are there. And so having just like cameos like these appearances of characters you then kill off straight away, that's not enough. I think people are like, okay, cool. Well, when do we actually get Reed Richards though? Yeah. And so they need to have this team join up because I think fans will get disillusioned pretty fast if 10 films down the track, they're still just like, hey, there's another character that's going to have their own standalone film. Mm. People are going to be like, no, we don't want that. We want to see action. Like, that's, a, you know, it's the best part about characters like Doctor Strange. We see them interact with Iron Man and other people and his weird sort of paternal elements. That's yeah. what we want. So we want to see these. So they kind of, they do have to keep building towards things, I think, because fans are like, that's, that's what the nature of this is. Um, and I think that's what, like, with comics, it works is you can do all the, like I said, you can do all the one offs, but then you can always have these bigger narrative arcs. And like, here's, I don't know, here's Infinity War, the comic saga, and it's this big part whilst we're issuing little stories everywhere. And mm. so the movies, the MCU cinematic is going to have to follow that. Whilst they're doing TV to the side and they have Hawkeye here and there and it's fun as a one-off, they're going to need to keep building towards bigger things. In And I think that's where the movies would work, whereas TV becomes their standalone. Like, we don't, we don't get a Scarlet... Uh, we don't get a... Who's Scarlett Johansson's character again? Black Widow. Black Widow. We don't get a Black Widow film in 10 years. We get a Black Widow TV show, for example. Like, I think we'll eventually stop seeing those standalone films and it will just become a, you get a standalone series every now and then. Yeah. Mm. Well, and that goes into, like, the whole replacement thing. Obviously, Black Widow's sister um, that's introduced in the Black Widow film and in Hawkeye, she will be replacing that role. Yeah. Um, You haven't watched Black Widow, either of you? No. Oh man, it sets up the massive big bad for Facebook. It's one thing I re- <laughs> the one thing I rewatched before this. I was yes. like, I better see Black Widow because it's. Good. Um, I'm very surprised. Nothing from Loki came into this. Like Loki's ending was very much about the multiverse and who everyone is assuming is the big bad for the next phase, which is Kang the Conqueror. Mm. And like I was like the post credit scene, I was expecting that, and it was just Shelley's Theron, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, yes, yeah. So who's apparently Dormammu's niece. And who is Dormammu? The, the guy, guy in the first, the first Doctor film. Strange. That the bad Doctor guy. Doctor Strange um, bargains Dormammu, with I've come big... to bargain. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Charlie Theron's his niece. Who knew? It's 
So speaking of post-credit scenes, do you guys feel like the post-credit scenes have worn out their welcome? I feel like they've gotten just gradually worse and worse. Conan, did you watch both? Yeah, I saw both. No, so the the true post-credit scene was with Bruce Campbell saying it's finally <laughs> over. I was like, the breaking, the, breaking, the, breaking the fourth wall. I was actually okay yeah. with that one. But like- I was like, that, I legitimately was like, I'm glad I waited. That saved the film. Because that's almost like this little nod. It's like, oh, thank God that movie's done. <laughs> Like Sam the Raimi's Captain America, like um, in like training video thing, where he's like about patience, where he like <laughs> yeah, says, so, yeah, like yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, the mid credit thing, yeah, I'm, I don't, I'm not. Griner had a better idea for the mid post credit scene that oh, yeah. Doctor Strange would be walking down the street and wink at somebody with his third eye. <laughs> I was I was, like, that would have been great. I was expecting that for some reason, but I didn't get it. Um, but I just feel like they've been like Spider-Man No Way Home. It's post-credit and mid-credit scenes. Like the post-credit scene was just a trailer for this movie. Yeah. Like they were pretty bad. Well, that's right. I hate, I hate that. Doing post-credit trailers is really stupid. Mm. I really don't like Um, You guys didn't watch Eternals yet, have you? No. So the post-credit scene of that. It's foreshadowing Blade. Or... Yeah, one of them is. Um, one of them, sorry. Blade. And the other one introduced Thanos' brother, oh. which is played by Harry Styles. What? Yeah, Thanos' brother, <laughs> Harry Styles, who looks like Harry Styles. He doesn't, he's not purple or anything. Are you, like being, that. Are you being legit? Josh Brolin's brother is Harry Styles. Yes. <laughs> I think his name's Starlight or something. Or no. Um, Oh, is it? Eros. Eros, yeah. It, and, like, it's it's a really weird post-credit scene because there's, like, some weird little goblin creature that's all drunk that's played by Patton Oswalt, and it's like, da-da-da-da, here he is. And, like, someone's walking down the hall, and I remember everyone being like, what? And then Harry Styles is there, and he's like, yeah, I'm Thanos' brother. Let's go for an adventure. And I was like, what? So who knows what's going on with Eternals? We'll probably never see one of those films again because I don't think mm. it did too well compared to... All the other films, but um, no, but yeah, it sets up Blade and is it Black Knight or something that, that Jon Snow's playing? Um, <laughs> which is just a dude with a sword, <laughs> he doesn't have you powers, know, but man, he's he's really good at type, doesn't he? I'm excited <laughs> for the I'm excited to get to a point where eventually there's just no more actors that Marvel can cast in these films, <laughs> and they're just like, no one's famous anymore. We because John Krasinski was one that I've seen come up a few times, but it's like he's one of the big movie stars that hasn't taken a Marvel role yet. And, pe- and people were speculating, oh, when will it happen? And the other one's Tom Cruise. And there was that rumor going around so that Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise was going to show up as Iron Man. As alternate universe Iron Man. I mean, that would have been awesome, man. It would have been, been really, cool. it would have been really cool. But Tom Cruise is kind of like, he's an old school movie star. I don't think he'll do it. But there's that question of like, when will enough money be enough? And he'll just, he'll do it, right? He'll bite the bullet and. He'll dip his toes in. So, I, yeah, Tom Cruise is a weird one because, like, you hear the stories of him getting involved in um, Tropic Thunder, and like, mm. he'll only do it if he can like be really swear a lot. Like, that was the only yeah. reason he agreed to do it. And like, I feel like he's rich enough and stuff that he, I don't know, what amount of money could you pay Tom Cruise to do this? I feel, I feel like, like he's doing the stuff that makes him look good, not these and that, little, yeah. little bit parts. And that's why I don't think he'll ever turn up in this because they're never going to be like, yes, you can have an. R-rated scene. It's like, no, no, you do what Marvel does and he doesn't want to do Marvel. He wants to do Tom Cruise. See, yeah. my favourite stuff, like, I love the cameo of um Brad Pitt in Deadpool. 
<laughs> where yeah. he's the invisible dude that just you don't know him until he gets electrocuted and dies. Yeah, like, cool. man, when are we going to get a Brad Pitt cameo in the Marvel universe? That'd be that'd be dope. But we still have Deadpool. Deadpool's now can be part of the MCU as well. Yeah, obviously that's going to dip into multiverse. He can't, but but he won't because Deadpool's an R eighteen character. But they've signed, like, they're 100% going to do a Deadpool movie. And what if they will, but it'll be, like, 100% not related to... It might It might be part of the multiverse, too. It, they might have used Ryan the multiverse Reynolds. for that, too. Like, it's confirmed so, it's Ryan Reynolds. Does Does that worry you, though? Because then it won't be R18. It'll be PG-13, so he won't be swearing. He won't be cutting dudes in half. It's the same... It's my concern with bringing back Do you Charlie not Fox think they there. would do an R-rated one? Not the MCU. Dude, the MCU is Disney family safe. Like, I, no way. No, I think they do Deadpool. They just, it's not like, it's it's MCU adjacent. It's a bit like the Stars channel on Disney Plus, right? Like, Yeah. 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 So, it's like, but is that an, even an MCU film? No. So, I you guess don't have not. Deadpool in their MCU? No, I don't think so. Just as a Marvel I, movie. I don't think they can. I don't know. How, yeah. Conan's right. Like, it's this has got to be all family friendly. And because it's all so interrelated, you know, you can't have this one movie that half the audience can't go see. Yeah, because it's the same with when they brought Daredevil in, or now that they've got Daredevil confirmed by having That's Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, yeah. But like the Vincent D'Onofrio playing Wilson Fisk in the in Hawkeye, yeah, there's no blood. Like he's much more toned down. He is not the savage who literally bludgeons a guy's head off mm. from the Netflix. Dude's head with a car door. No, exactly. None of that's happening. So this is going to be a really. So they're probably going to do it. And you know, Disney was like, we won't. We won't tone down the violence from the Netflix show when we bring it back over to Disney Plus, but they're not going to make an, a proper violent Daredevil, so it's going to be a really different beast, and that's unless, going to suck. Unless they do use that as some like a, there's an R-rated skew of <laughs> like the MCU or something, and they have think, they have Daredevil and they have. I don't think Deadpool. there's anything stopping them from doing an R-rated MCU movie. Like it totally is. Deadpool why was, why was one of the most successful. Was the most successful R-rated movie of all time. But why wasn't Multiverse of Madness a proper horror film then? Like, why wasn't why That's haven't any of the Marvel why like, haven't any of the Marvel films been more than PG thirteen though? It's not just because they don't have to be. Like, there's a reason they make these movies. It's because kids can see them. Mm. I don't know, but because yeah. think about this then: an R rated an R rated Deadpool films there. They introduce a pivotal little piece that comes up and plays in in Doctor Strange four. And you know, Joey well, from down the twelve-year-old yeah. Joey down the street comes and sees it. He's like, "I didn't see that film because I couldn't go. What's happening?" And I mean, he's on Twitter. He's raging. Kevin Feige's nah. stressing out because one kid didn't like the movie. <laughs> he takes his hat off and he punches through it, and he just throws it down. Twelve-year-old Joey went and saw Deadpool anyway in the cinema. Twelve-year-old yeah, Joey was going to that movie. There was lots of twelve-year-olds in Deadpool. There's a lot of kids no, going to see it. Deadpool. Man, it sold very well at cinema. I I, just, I don't know. I, th- I feel like you could still do Deadpool at MA15, and I think they could do that. The, the, no, the problem is the US ratings are very different to the Australian ones. Like, you go from PG-13 to to R, which is kind of similar to our MA, and they just don't yeah. do it because oh, really? because it drops your, like, your audience right. is, is half the size. Deadpool was MA in Australia, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't R. Here. When, we talk, when we talk about R-rated, it's like the American R rating, which is yeah, different. They've got NC-17, which is... Proper, like, like which is our R rated, which is, yeah. Yeah, okay. True, true, true. True. Well, yeah, I don't know. Um, this has become more of a state of the MCU address <laughs> where we're trying to plan out the future of it. But it's, well, it's yeah. hard to separate them in my mind. It is, like, it is, because I don't know. It's the 
the future of Marvel, it's like it's hard to see what exactly where it's all going to land. Mm. And I did like the fact that this film didn't worry. It didn't completely worry about that. It didn't preoccupy itself with just setting it up. There was just a lot of like, here's just a fun chase. And here is still a yeah. movie that... Like, I rate this film still above a lot of the... Think about the directors who could have made this. Think about like Alan Taylor who did um, The Dark World. And just how generic and plain that movie is. And I'm like, hmm. even if that film's like, yeah, it's okay. I would rather have like this messy sort of Sam Raimi romp that I'm like, there's a lot I don't like about it, but there's still a lot that I really do like about it because it's unique. Yeah. And I, I like the fact that it was more, they, they're, like they're going towards that path, I guess, like by getting all these directors who are of some sort of re- repute rather than just getting a TV director who Man. will make a safe film. Let's get a let's get a villain view MCU film. <laughs> it's definitely never d- happening. <laughs> if he ever who, does, I will. Which character, Conan? From you the, know him well from the Grand Pantheon of MCU. <laughs> Ghost Rider, villain who does Ghost Rider. <laughs> hey, Ghost Rider's a dope hero. He just he's not. Ghost Rider technically exists in the MCU. Through is that an, is that shield yeah? Show, he's part of Agents but, of oh, Shield. Is he an Agents of Shield? Wow. Yeah. Apparently, I never watched that. I'm not even going that deep into MCU to watch Agents of Shield. But does that count as MCU lore? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It came out okay. after the first Avengers. I knew that. I wasn't sure was if it was one of those like Avengers. side things where it didn't really. They, well, it they kind don't of really was. acknowledge it to the level that they do the new MCU shows or anything. That's what. That's what I thought. Yeah. It was kind of similar to the. The Netflix shows, I guess, in some ways. Yeah, okay. They're not to- one totally discounted, but show up from it in one of the movies. But it was like people wouldn't notice if they didn't know that person or anything like that. But um, yeah. yeah, obviously, we still got Captain Marvel. I forgot about her. Like, we'll have her second film, um, Secret Invasion, which is all about the scrolls. Yeah, or, yeah. Which was Who set knows? up. Which was set up as. From far from home, like yeah, Nick Fury's out in space still. I think maybe (laughs) on a weird vacation beach thing. I don't know. Who knows what he's doing? The MCU is an absolute mess. It almost feels like it needs like a reset, right? Like, and maybe that's where they're headed. The whole the whole the multiverse implodes. It becomes one universe again, and it starts from scratch. I don't know. Like, is that what we get in twenty years? We get a remake of the Avengers. Maybe (laughs) for re. All of them have been recast. Like, that would be fascinating. We're really pairing the MCU back. There's only five characters. <laughs> yeah, it would be interesting. Um, Moon Knight's really good, but it's, it's, it's very much standalone. It is good. It's good. It's good. 96 episodes. I saw him in that Oscar X-Men movie. Isaac it was terrible. Acting his ass off. That's still six hours that I don't have, bro. I could watch three other movies in that time. Do you not like Ethan Hawke? Reprising his character from the before trilogy. That's the twist at the end. He meets up with Celine and he's like, well, I've got an adventure. Man, I've had a doozy of a day. (laughs) All right. I think think we've gotten lost in the multiverse. Thank you for joining us on the good, the bad and the worst. Uh, While we spoiled uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Conan, our next trilogy, what are we doing? Rush Hour, classic, classic buddy cop comedies. Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker. It's been so Definitely. long since I've seen those movies. I hate those movies, eh? I hate you. No, I was just playing. I was just playing. <laughs> I haven't watched All them right. since I was a kid. I hope they hold up. 
Well, thank you for joining us on The Good, The Bad and The Worst. Uh, you can also catch us on Bonus XP, our gaming podcast. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Join us if you like games. Uh, this podcast was brought to you by The Taste of Iron, a book by C.V. Clark. It's very good. Available on Amazon. Contact us for a paperback. Uh, you can find us on socials at Good, Bad, Worst or at Bonus XP. Thank you for joining us and we'll catch you next time. Peace.